Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 32494, the earliest show in the archive, 32494. My interview with Donald Trump from 110-2011. 110-2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash savagepremium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Today's title has not been titled, but here's today's title. Now behind me you will see the Ten Commandments. Remember them? Before the trans community took over the world, there was a thing called the Ten Commandments. Remember them? You remember those antiquated, archaic, quaint instructions which you laughed at and you said that it was for Bible thumpers and fanatical Jews in black clothing? Well, now, since you threw that out of the uh, classroom, the children don't know what sex they are, they don't know what gender they are, they don't know America's a great nation. They hate themselves, they hate their father, they hate their mother, they hate their country. Thank you very much, you psychotic left-wing bastards, you. But you know what? It's not over yet. The tide is turning. I'm very aware of tides. I live next to the water. I'm a boater for 40 years. And when a tide turns, sometimes you don't even know it's turning. It's turned. The Bud Light boycott was an example. The North Face boycott that's coming, another example. The school board meetings are another example. Your time is over, but you don't even know what's coming. I do. I'm a seer. I'm one of the few seers on the planet. I don't need you to confirm it or tell me I am. I know by my life's work what God has put me here for. Now, today's title, I didn't even tell you what it was. I'm going to paint with a broad brush for you, a little art class. And then I'm going to paint with a fine brush for you for the fine detail work. Today's title is, Did Musk Undermine DeSantis? Simple question, and you have to ask yourself, is that a possibility? Well, sure, it's a possibility. I'm not the only one questioning why such a major platform as Twitter would go awry during the announcement by DeSantis of his presidential campaign. And well, first of all, why did DeSantis choose Twitter as a place to announce his campaign? Question one. Two. Let me start again so you understand where I'm coming from. I greatly admire Elon Musk. I think he's one of the great men of our time. No question. I don't need your concurrence whether he is or not. He is, period. End of story. He's a combination of Edison, Tesla, Ford, and other great Americans. But he's so close to you right now, you can't, most of you cannot see how great a man he really is. Because he's got, he's in flesh and blood. He's not a portrait or a statue. And the level of jealousy amongst losers who've done nothing in their life or are trying to tear society down is so great in the media that you can't even understand how great a man can be. I've faced it all my life and I'm a great man. And I'm telling you that I'm not humble. No, I'm not going to tell well, I'm nothing. No, I am a great man. And I will tell you something. I was put here for a reason. I wouldn't be here all these years. There's a very powerful, powerful day 
for Jewish people who are in tune with their own religion and their own teachings. It starts tonight. It's called Shavuos or Shavuot. What is it? It is the day that God gave the instructions to man for planet Earth on Mount Sinai. The Ten Commandments are given to Moses on Mount Sinai on a day celebrated in the Jewish calendar at Shavuot. One of the great holidays that's not known by most Jewish people and laughed at by the atheists who don't know their own sex, their own gender. They don't know the great country they live in. They've never been in a bad world. They've never been punched in the face by a psychotic pushed onto a subway track. So they take the side of the pusher instead of the Marine who saved people from the pusher. That's how sick the country is today. This country is almost terminal in terms of mental illness. And whether it can come back is a question that remains to be seen. So why would DeSantis choose Twitter to launch his campaign is the first question. Secondly, did Musk undermine DeSantis to make him look like a buffoon? Why would I say that? And I, I admire both men. I want to tell you that right now. This does not mean I'm not loyal to the great man called Donald Trump. See, you people, you Trump lovers have become so psychotic in your worship of a man that you've forgotten that this is about a nation, not about a man. But that's a topic for another day. I don't worship any man. Let me tell you that right now. I have only one worship on the planet. That's the man upstairs. It's not you. It's not Musk. It's not DeSantis. It's not Trump. So somebody up there who runs the show, Shavuos, Jewish holiday that you never heard of. It's only the fanatical Jews in black that tell us these things. It's the day. You ready how it's recorded? Shavuot, a major festival celebrating an event so important that the world would be an entirely different place without it. 3,335 years ago on this day, meaning beginning at midnight tonight, tomorrow, the entire Jewish nation stood at the foot of Mount Sinai and the transmission of Torah from heaven to earth began. What is Torah? It's instructions. Instructions. The same manufacturer who produced the world that's called God provides instructions on what to do with it. That's all it means. So it's the day that the Ten Commandments were given to Moses at the foot of Mount Sinai. King David passed away on Shavuot, by the way. It's a very powerful day, and those of us in tune with our own traditions, I can go off on a tangent now for 10 minutes on itself, because if you study Native American culture, as I did as an anthropology student for many years, I wrote Earth Medicine in 1972, it was published. I devoted my life to it for two years before it was written. You see traditions and beliefs that you may think are quaint and have no meaning. But you didn't live on this continent for 20,000 years. They did, they have, they are. They have their own traditions, their own, their own way to tune in to the great spirit. So, what I'm telling you is a deeply researched subject, deeply researched, not by me, but by geniuses going back thousands of years. And you're going to listen to someone who holds up a can of Bud Light, who doesn't know who she is or it is, 
That's your idea of what America should become? This is not about tolerance. This is about insanity versus sanity. This is about survival versus death. This is about a country and a nation and a people surviving or dying. This is about life and death. This is about letting psychotic, degenerate, sickos poison our children. No society on earth would tolerate this. How many years have I been preaching liberalism as a mental disorder? Wait, there's a cup by that title, and I'm not selling cups. I try to warn you, I told you what would happen. I can tell you today what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't mean by the day or the this. But you know, I've lost track of what I was trying to tell you, so I'll go back to the broad brush. The broad brush. The broad brush is, did Musk sabotage DeSantis? Okay, so let me make it simple. In a broad brush, broad brush. A couple of years ago, I was in the White House about to visit Donald Trump, and I was in the ante room, and in comes Elon Musk with three bodyguards who look like Secret Service agents themselves and an attache to visit Donald Trump. So why was Musk visiting Trump? I don't know. I wasn't there. I can't tell you anymore. Why was I visiting Trump? That I could tell you, but you're not interested and it's not important. I didn't ask for anything, by the way, and he didn't ask for anything. It was more of a social visit than anything else for me. But I have to believe that the world's richest man doesn't waste his time on social visits. Hmm. So Musk goes in to see Donald Trump. Obviously not to say hello and have a hot dog. He wanted something. What do you visit a president for? Me? I didn't want anything. I wanted to visit him. I didn't ask for anything. I didn't get anything. I don't need anything. See, the beauty is I don't need anything. I need is from... That's the only thing I need is up there. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So I put together two and two and I came up with four, which is DeSantis's launch was a disaster. It's a worldwide horror show and everyone's laughing at him, which is sad because I like DeSantis. Point blank, I like DeSantis. I think he'd make a fine president. I've seen all the conspiracy theories about the secret societies and he's Bush too. I've seen it all. But that could be Democrat propaganda as well to undermine any Republican. All I'm interested in is making sure Joe Biden goes to the rest home and gets the rest he needs before there's no country left to worry about. And God forbid before Kamala Harris puts the final stake into the uh, eagle. So what did Musk get from Trump, I ask myself, putting two and two together? What other company does Musk own besides Twitter, which is a, a hobby for him? Oh, you forgot about SpaceX. You forgot how great a company that is. You forgot about the, the rockets, the satellites. You forgot that the Ukrainians couldn't be fighting the war without the space link that he owns. Oh, you forgot all of that because you didn't read it in the, the local uh, little whatever you read. You didn't hear it on a dumb podcast. So... Musk is one of the most brilliant people on the planet currently living. He owns SpaceX, and his contracts are with who? The federal government, schmuck. Who's running the federal government, schmuck? Donald Trump? No, schmuck. He's not president, schmuck. 
Joe Biden and his minions are running the federal government schmuck. So now can you put two and two together and come up with four? Or you still come up with gender identity? This country is so sick that all the stories all over the internet are about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And which idiot has the best abs or the best breasts that were implanted by a, a degenerate plastic surgeon somewhere in Beverly Hills? That's the country today. Not the illegal alien armies coming over the border, not the meltdown of the economy, not inflation, not the crime wave, not African-American lunatics pushing people onto subway tracks. Oh, did I say that? I mean, there's an identity to who's pushing who on tracks? Yeah, it's white supremacists pushing women onto tracks in New York subways. So my theory is only a hypothesis painted with a broad brush that Musk is so smart that he's 50 steps ahead of us, so he decides to seduce DeSantis into launching his you know, announcement on Twitter, which was unto itself stupid, shouldn't have been done that way. And then everything goes wrong. The system doesn't work, and it looks like a schmendrick who can't manage even a launch, so therefore don't vote for him. So what does Musk get out of it? He was working with the Biden people in this theoretical hyperbole that I'm giving you. And he secures his relationships with NASA, with the federal government, with multi-billion dollar contracts, et cetera, where to launch, how to launch, you know, no one does anything in this country on that level without a relationship with the federal government. So that's why my hypothesis or, or hypothesis or theory could be based upon, it's a plausible reality, let's put it to you that way. So I'm giving you an, a seminar in plausible realities here. On the day before Shavuos, the day that God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai, so consider this your pre-Shavuos revelation by Moses Savage. Michael, I'm named for Moses. I'm a descendant of Moses. I'm 100% descended from Moses. No question about it. I have a spark of the divine in me. I don't need you to confirm it. Do I need random people on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or the, the mockers out there who smear themselves in feces at night with their friends? to tell me what I am? Do I need the losers of the world on social media who have let cities like San Francisco, which I once loved, turn into a veritable feces hole? There's feces all over the streets, the businesses are dead. They drove everyone out because they let a corrupt monster like Feinstein and Pelosi ruin the city. They, they let those two who could have saved this a long time ago are so blinded by their greed that they let the city that they love disappear in front of their eyes. I'm gonna rely upon what they think of me to determine who I am? No. If I don't know who I am at my age, then I will never know. So am I perfect? Far from it. I am so flawed that I'm human. I struggle every day to be a man. I struggle every day to be a full human. Every day is a struggle. As Henry Miller, one of the great authors wrote, each day I wake up and a thousand paths open before me. Which path do you wanna to follow today? You wanna to follow the one of the Bud Light, not knowing who you are, saying that's, that's tolerance and liberal and good to let a, a freak like that 
destroy a company because the idiots they hired in the advertising world are freakish themselves. I know it very well. I have a very successful podcast that is run by advertising. And the advertising is run by 20-something people who are like those who put uh, a freak on Bud Light's can and is now destroying North Face. They determine what ads go to which podcast. You hear this? So the whole world of commerce is in the hands of a bunch of know-nothings in plain English. And you wonder why things are melting down. You wonder why children are confused. I don't. I don't wonder. I know, what, I know what's going on. So this is a reliable podcast right now based on deep research and deep knowledge and insight and also ancestral harmonies that cannot be described. And I think I've said all I want to say. So Target, North Face, Bud Light, you name it. One brand after another destroyed by the 20-something idiots in advertising and publicity who advise the people who run these companies how to capture the youth market who are so stupid they don't know what their own sex is. So this is my seminar for you on the night before, was the night before Shavuos went all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. So where does that leave us with the Trump-DeSantis feud? It could be, according to my theory, and I'll finish it up right now, that Musk is so smart that he knocked both of them out of the box at the same time. Some people can play a game that's so far beyond the average mind that we don't even see the game that they're playing, and we think they're not even playing a game. Musk launches DeSantis on Twitter. It's a disaster. But the couple of days before that, he says that he wants something like a calm person in the White House. Without exactly endorsing DeSantis, he knocks Trump as being deranged or unreliable and, and a little mishugger. That was two days before. <laughs> then he launches DeSantis and undermines him. So what did he do? Joe is smiling, by the way. If Joe gets this tape, he's going to invite me to the White House for a, a, a polonium hot dog, but I'm not going. So who's the winner here? It's not Trump, because Musk basically gave him a little zets the other day. It's not DeSantis who got undermined with the, the Twitter launch. So who is it? It's Joey! Because Musk does business with Joey. Now, since I figured this out as a plausible reality, and you'll deny it immediately as not real because you didn't read it on Vox or one of the other sites run by George Soros, the devil. I have nothing more to say. All right, that's the end of the story. There's nothing more to say, except there's a lot more to say. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. There's a lot more I want to say, and I feel it so strongly in me today, so strongly in me. I've just given you a reliable, deeply researched insight into what possibly could be happening in the upcoming election. And uh, there's nothing more I can say about it. Take it and run with it. Call me Ahab if you want. You know, before we were on this continent, there were other people on this continent. And I've shown you this little statue before, this little clay head, Mesoamerican head, from somewhere in Central America. And you look at the carving very deeply. Looks like a lot of people coming over the border and a lot of people over here descended from the uh, Mayans or the Aztecs. I honestly don't know 
the derivation of this one. Maybe you do. But there were peoples here long before us. And if you live in a place for thousands of years, you get to know certain things. You can tune into a rock. Now, just because I'm a monotheist and believe in God does not mean that I don't understand the people who were tuned into deities. Why was I, an average kid from the Bronx, why was I drawn to spend so much time studying plants and plant medicines? And why did I write so many books on herbal medicine? How? It's so unusual for a person of my background. My father was a small merchant. I worked in the basement cleaning bronzes. I wrote about that, you know, like, you know, two years before the mast. It's like a Dickensian basement working with cyanide solution cleaning statues. It was a little of a little bit of Abraham and Isaac in that, too. If those of you who know the Bible, a little bit of Abraham and Isaac. A little bit of the knife to the neck from Abraham to this Isaac. I didn't know it then. Why would a kid be put in the basement of a store, work with toxic chemicals, cleaning bronzes for his father? The only other person who ever took the job was an alcoholic from the Bowery, who I came to like. I like, he was a very smart guy, the alcoholic, incidentally. He's the one who taught me how to bend nails. I did that story in one of my books. Louis, Louis the, uh, they called him the drunk, but I got to know the drunk because I was the kid down there in the basement cleaning the bronzes because my father, I don't know, was trying to save money using child labor. I don't know, probably. I'll toughen you up. You'll go to work with me. I'll toughen you up. You'll clean the bronzes down in the basement. I don't want to do it, Dad. My, kid, my friends are playing on Saturday. Yeah, well, you'll be in the basement. Uh, I don't know whether to thank him or hate him to this day. But it'd be like a father taking a kid out and hitting him a little bit, pushing him around, teaching him judo or karate, I guess, or boxing. I have an Italian friend whose father was a roughneck. Same thing. They, that's how they raised their sons. Others, they were afraid they'd wind up holding a Bud Light can in their mother's uh, underwear. You know, that, that's the way they thought. They, they were a little different. So my friends, we've touched on a lot of things today. Some things that you will relate to on a temporal basis, which is did Musk undermine DeSantis on purpose and do a, get a threefer out of it. That is, he continues his deals with the federal government for SpaceX, great company by the way. And he already undermined Trump by saying he's not stable two days before, and then he undermines DeSantis with a horrible rollout. That's all. It's called bowling, my friends. You throw it down the lane and you hit a strike, and that's all I have to say, and there's more tomorrow. If God is willing, I have a big day ahead of me today. I have a Newsmax show later today. I'm doing four or five Newsmax shows a week. Apparently they like me so far. I don't, by the way, I don't want a show there. I don't want you to think that I'm trying to get a television show. No, I had a 26-year career in talk radio. I was on over 350 stations at the, at the peak. I'm very content. I'm doing more than I ever did in my life right now. You try it at age 20. Two podcasts a week, bonus podcast, finishing a book coming out in September that you're not going to believe. It is my final and last nonfiction book published by Newsmax. It's going to be a huge success. We know that. It used to be a joke. 
in the 70s in San Francisco, which is that if someone opened the bar, they didn't say, it's not a matter of whether it will be successful. It'll be, it's a question of how successful it will be. So the book will be a big hit, big deal. The message is what the big deal is, not how many copies I sell. Remember I told you years ago on radio, I would throw pebbles into a calm stream called ideas and the ripples that would go out to the world are what's important. I tried my best. Borders language culture, it didn't take. It took with Trump and his campaign, they used my books. I was told that by someone who wrote his speeches, that they took all of my books and boiled them down and wrote the speeches. You don't have to believe me, it's the way it is. It doesn't matter whether you believe Michael Savage or not. What matters is I'm telling you the Emmis. I'm giving you the truth, period, of the story. You don't believe me, that's your problem. Go listen to Occasional Cortex sitting in a toilet telling you the truth about nothing. So that's it, that's the whole story. It's early in the morning, or I would hold a celebration for you right now. I would do the Hasidic thing, I'd start to sing, I'd bang the table, we would do a fabrengen with some vodka and some food, but we're not doing it. It's early in the morning, I'm having coffee, I'm going to look at a new boat today. <laughs> how did I jump to that? Because that's it's like how I used to do radio shows like this. I got out of boating, I sold my last boat six months ago, I said I'd never get back in boating, but you know, I must go down to the sea again, to the lonely sea in the sky. The sea is in my blood, boys and girls. So I'm getting a smaller boat, but not so small that it rocks on the water. I don't want a rowboat. I sold a 20-ton boat, a beautiful 43-foot Grand Banks that I, I loved, but it became too much trouble for me. It was too, much, too many problems. The maintenance on boats is very high. I didn't want a ma high-maintenance boat. But I did enjoy going out. I love being in tune with the water. I, I don't take people out on boats. I don't go out to talk on a boat. Why go on a boat to talk? I could sit in my living room and talk over drinks. Well, I go out on a boat, I like to hear the wash of the water against the hull. I like to watch the seals. You see them occasionally. Once in a while, a porpoise offshore. The birds, mainly, the birds. Never mind the wind and the waves. I mean, in that way, I'm sort of very much an ancient mariner. This fellow, whoever carved this would understand me. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I like to be in tune with the waves, the wave action, the water, the wind, the fog, the seagulls, but most importantly, the birds. The birds teach me so much. They teach me in ways I can't even describe. The pelicans are my friends. I talk to them. Sometimes I would go out on that boat and I swear to God, they'd come right, fly right over my boat, and, and I'd start jumping up, I'd come out from the wheelhouse, and I'd say, hello, 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 and I'd look up at the birds. Who are they, where are they from, what are they teaching me? Wow, I love seagulls, I love them too. They're considered, you know, like low-grade birds, they're so amazing. You watch a seagull catawall upside down for a piece of bread, you'll know what I'm talking about. I had a sailboat. I don't like sailing. I admire sailors enormously, but I don't have the patience for sailing. Also, I like to single-hand the boat. I don't have the patience nor the ability to single-hand a sailboat. I go out to be on the water, not to run a boat. You get it? See, it's two different things. I love sailing. I admire sailors enormously, but I'm not a sailor. The reason I like power boats is that I can go out and shut the engine or run it two or three knots and I could actually feel and he hear the water, watch the birds, put it on autopilot, right? 
Okay, so that's the whole story. Again, I went into another area I didn't mean to go into, but I'm, it's a day I'm looking at another boat is what I'm getting at. I swore I'd never get into boats again. I, in the last number of years, I started with a sailboat in Hawaii. You may not know this, a 22-foot sailboat called the Tarangi. I never told you my sailboat story. It had no engine. It was in the Aloha Yacht Harbor. Well, God, it was a long time ago, 1968, 69. It's a long time ago. I had this little wooden sailboat, and I got swept out to sea without an engine. I didn't know how to sail. I was so filled with self-hubris, hubris, which is self not self-awareness, but a sense of indomitability. So I come from New York. I buy this sailboat. I thought I could do anything. I found that I couldn't. I didn't know how to sail, but I took the boat out of the Ottawa Yacht Harbor, out to the, and I said, this isn't so hard. And then when I was halfway across the channel, I didn't know, I, could, I said, well, how do I get back? I didn't even know how to turn the sail around to get back, and I had no engine. That's when I realized sailing is a little more difficult than I thought. All right, long and short is I learned how to drop the sail and use the tiller to turn it around. I got my way back. It was murder. That's when I decided I like power boats. So here in California, I've owned numerous powerboats. People asked me the other day, I'm not gonna go into the boats now, but I just sold a 20-ton Grand Bank six months ago, which I loved, great boat. And again, I miss going out on the water, but I needed a crew member to go out in that boat. I needed someone to be with me. It was too big a boat for a single person. Not only the, the running of the boat, but the, the maintenance of the boat, I had to have a washer and a varnisher and an engineer and a mechanics, it was too much work. So I'm buying, possibly a smaller, brand new boat that I can single hand. This will be my last boat. I mean, we know it's the last boat. I'm gonna name it. Oh, I came up with the name. You wanna hear the name for my boat? Hold on a minute, I don't have it for, I wrote it last night before going to sleep. No, I'm not gonna share that now. I'll do it another time. No, it's not called my last boat, but that, <laughs> that'd be a good one. No, I sold the Jags. I'm getting rid of a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Very charged days for Michael. I was saving this for tomorrow, but I'm gonna give you a hint today. For several years now, I've been organizing all of my papers, my writings, my memorabilia, my radio tapes. I have them going back a very long time to the 60s. I've been organizing them all. All of my eight millimeter and super eight millimeter movies were condensed into one reel by a film guy a few years ago. That was the first thing I did was the Super 8 movies. I found one of my dad in his store, God rest his soul, Abraham. His name was Benjamin, but I call him my Abraham because I was his Isaac. As I told you before, I found him in a store and it's like the family movies, but me in Fiji collecting plants, all that stuff. So I have that. Tomorrow, to make a long story short, again, I'm just a whole separate story. Maybe I'll save this for tomorrow. It's too long already. My writings have been, uh, are being stored, housed, permanently stored and housed at one of the world's greatest research institutions. It took me years to establish a relationship with a library and a university where my papers will be stored for a very long time. It's called, you know, scholarly work. Say, oh, you're not important enough. You're just a loudmouth talk show host. That's if you believe in uh, Bud Light being destroyed. That's if you believe in feces in the streets of San Francisco is a mark of tolerance. Then that's what you think about me. But that's not who I am. They think enough of me to put me in the same collection as the largest collection on earth of some of the greatest writers on earth. But I'm not going to tell you about it right now. Tomorrow they're coming 
finally, for the fourth visit, to pack up all my writings, all my manuscripts, all of my memorabilia for the final move, which will occur at a future time to this storage facility, where scholars in the future who may be interested in the man who created so many things, including borders, language, and culture. Who was he? How could this multidimensional man, who was he? He was a poet in New York. Then he was a researcher on ethnobotany. He was a nutrition person with a PhD. Plant collector, worked with primitive peoples. He wrote 30 books. He wrote fiction. He wrote nonfiction. Apparently some people understand that I'm not just a talker. That would have been unto itself enough. So I'm tired right now. I'm at the end of the road. I'm tired, I will tell you right now. I, I, it's not like a Martin Luther King. I've seen, the, you know, I've been to the mountain. I've looked, I, I'm not there yet. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. I'm pretty exhausted. It's allergy season. It's been the worst allergy season of my life. I'm a severe allergy sufferer, and this is the worst allergy season in history. Some days, I can hardly move, and yet I get up and I do my shows. No one would know it. You look at my TV shows, nobody would know what I have to do sometimes to force myself to get up there and do my thing. But I do it. Why? Because otherwise I'm dead. I work, therefore I am. Do you know which philosopher wrote, I think, therefore I am? I changed a little bit to I work, therefore I am. I've been working since I'm a child, immigrant son and all that stuff. Rodin, the great sculptor who I admired my whole life, read his writings and he wrote, work is the only salvation. Teach that to the millions of illegal aliens that are being put into luxury hotels to live on the fat of the land. The next time some liberal moron tells you they all come here to work, they come here to work the system and suck this system dry and destroy us finally. I think, therefore I am. I work, therefore I am. I talk, therefore I am. End of story, thank you for listening. Tomorrow is Shavuos, tomorrow is Shavuos, and I had planned on doing this tomorrow. Maybe this is the Shavuos show, we'll see. The day that God gave the 10 commandments or the Torah, to Moses on Mount Sinai 3,335 years ago on this day. The entire Jewish nation stood at the foot of Mount Sinai and the transmission of Torah from heaven to earth began. That's tomorrow. Now, for those of you who mock and sneer, go have a can of Bud Light and go slide on feces in San Francisco because that's what you have created. That's your legacy, not mine. Thank you for listening. God is great. I'll be back tomorrow with God's will. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.